We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Went to ready on the full time. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George Burkai, back here, but it's not straight talk wrestling. It's not MLW. No, this is. Let me get my head out of the way. Bam! Father to father. So on this show, I'm G. He's I'm D. D. And we are father to father. Sorry. And we start every episode off with a cheers. We're not sponsored by Summers but we would like to be. Summersby Mango Lime. Get yours. It's like summer in a can. Mm. Mm, it's so good. God damn. Oh, that's that good shit. That is that good oh, shit. Oh, man. I could drink this for days, <laughs> weeks, months. So, D, father to father is a concept that you and I came up with. We were sitting around, joking around, shooting the shit like we always do. And we decided right. to have a show from our perspective talking about fatherhood, manhood, navigating both these things yep, in a world happening. where everything is consistently changing. Yep. Relationships. You with your blended family, which we'll get into. Me with my 22 years with my beautiful wife and my two gorgeous daughters. And that little pain in the ass white dog that I love to hate so much. I can't even believe you're still alive, bro. 22 years and you haven't been killed yet? Well, you know, there's a secret to my success. <laughs> and this, the, secret, sure. the secret to my success is just, or what I've learned recently since my therapy journey over the last five, six years or so forth, is learning to pick your battles mm. and learning to know when to defend. And knowing when to retreat mm. and knowing when to go on the offensive. And when I say offensive, I don't mean like, ah, I mean, like knowing that you have to defend your position sometimes, but also sometimes you have to take the lead in that position and say, I'm not, I'm not giving in here. I'm not gonna, down. There's not going to be a compromise. You've got to agree to disagree sometimes. Exactly. That's it. Which in essence would be considered passive aggressive. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a situation where you have to. You have to sometimes just say, "Listen, this is my position. This is my stance. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not backing down." Right. Nothing's going to change. Going into an argument is going to do what? Do nothing but upset both of us. Right. What's the point? I'm not going to get my point across. You're not going to get your point across. We're both bullheaded. So what are we going to do? Sit here and just argue all night? No, man. You got to walk away at some point because we got examples watching what we do all day long. And then that, and that's the funny thing is that we both agreed to start a podcast together where we're supposed to have neutral opinions. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> episode past episode one, but this is the pilot episode. There we go. So let's get into your story a little bit. Ooh, okay. Let's get into the blended family. So you uh, and my good friend, actually one of my best friends. God, I can't believe I'm saying that on camera. I can't uh, believe it either. All right. Well, I inherited her. She never left. It's kind of like when you get like a bug that comes in your house. A leech. It's a, no, it's a leech, <laughs> but not a leech in like the way like she's sucking my blood yeah. or anything like that. But she's just a leech because she's just been Black in my life. On. And and then she, her and my wife became good friends and now they're kind of besties. Yeah. So whatever. But anyway, she's my favorite eunuch. And that is your better half, Jerry. <laughs> I love you, Jerry. I know you're going to be watching this and hating everything about it. But Jerry, she's an awesome, she's an absolute gem. Yeah. And she came into a relationship with her daughter. Yep. Uh, and then you came in a relationship with, with your son, son yeah. Elijah. That's so right. Denver is her daughter. Elijah is your son. And then you guys co-created two, two more, more amazing individuals, Amari and Zion, who I am godfather to neither. <laughs> oh, we're not going down this path today. We're not. We're not going down this path today. He's Uncle G. I'm Uncle G. And that's it. <laughs> I'm Uncle G from the B. And I'll be the one that they'll probably call when they need bail money. Hey, damn right. Or you'll be in there with them. Probably a ladder, the ladder of the, depending on the situations that we get into. Let's not, let's not go down that road. All right. So you come into a relationship with a blended family. Yeah. Now you have, so uh, we talked about this before we went on air, but three years old, Zion, six, six years old, Amari. Eight. Eight. And 13 going 13. on 23. Going on 23. Shit. I got a 14 year old going on 48. Oh, there you go. 
And the funny thing is, when they're both the, when they're both twenty three and forty eight, oh, they'll still be leaving at home. Oh, no, they'll still be living at home. They can't afford a house <laughs> in this market. Are you kidding me? Oh man, it's so true. You know what? Well, everything that we learned growing up does not apply to anything that's going on today, and it's crazy. So it makes it challenging raising kids. In everything that we've seen in our lifetime, they'll see nothing of it, and they'll probably see things ten times worse than we've seen. I think that's the, I think that's the fair point to make is that they will see sometimes ten times worse. If you think about it. We at our ages, me 40, you in your late 30s, you we've lived through a pandemic, but them at one, three, yep. six, mm -hmm. and ten yep. lived through a pandemic. Yep. And also Denver went viral. Uh, our kids getting hurt on Instagram. Great website. <laughs> oh, great page. She's gonna kill you. Nosedive. Guys, she's check gonna it. kill check you. It. But we're gonna put a link to the video. We'll, we'll put a link so to the video. See it. One hundred percent. It's it's a glorious video. It was all in good fun. Nobody was hurt during the making of that video. Well, <laughs> Deborah's pride. Deborah's, Deborah's pride was. <laughs> Deborah's pride was. And it's one of the seven sins. So oh, really, God. we helped her to overcome a sin. Oh, yeah. you really think about it. Oh yeah. But let, let's talk about the challenges of of being a father in a blended family. So you come in with only having experience to a son and now you're raising a tween going into uh, far away from the teenage years but a tween going into the teenage years before yep. you know it five years went by like that and now you've she's got a 13 year old yeah she's in an adult mm -hmm. making her own decisions wearing sweat shirts in the summer in like 80 degree heat i don't know how she does it but she does and she doesn't sweat she, so good for her yeah she takes my hoodies all the time and i'm just like what are you doing it's what somewhere outside why <laughs> why are we doing this it's hot the ac's on why do you have a hoodie on but as a father you appreciate the fact that she's oh, covering up covered all up covered all up covered all up she she's 13 doesn't look 13 and believe me i can't go to the mall with her else i'll catch a charge so that's also factual statement on both yeah, sides of things can't do it and it's scary right i mean but i gotta say this one of the coolest moments for me is one of the first few times we were all hanging out together and I told you you reminded me of my favorite baseball player, David Ortiz, number one forever. Yeah, big Bobby. Big Bobby. Um, we, I, I quickly saw how much Denver latched onto you, yeah. and how much you were no longer a stepdad at that point, but you were dad. Yeah. She didn't call you, you know, Derek. She didn't call you stepdad. She didn't say this is my stepdad. She said this is my dad. Yeah. What was that like for you? Because this is from perspective of fathers. So what was that like for you? being recognized as like because uh, just to get it all out there and not to be too personal denver does not know her father and there's nothing wrong with that because this man came in stepped up and is an amazing father and i will say that i will put that on wax right now it's amazing father and um uh but what was it like the first time that she just came up to you and just hugged you and said dad i love you dad like what was that like i, I we're gonna get emotional on the show from time to time so it's okay it's okay you know uh it was it's a feeling that i'll always remember um i didn't think it was ever going to happen to be honest um and why well, just to interrupt why did you not think it was going to happen did you think because you were just trying to feel each other out at that point nothing against her or anything it was just i didn't know if it would happen so it was more of the fear of the unknown right and i mean it was always something i would have loved to have had my own daughter but she has become my daughter um just naturally right it just kind of happened one day just the flip of a switch and uh she started calling me dad. And I think the first time it happened, I didn't know how to respond, right? But I just said, okay, I've become enough of an example for her to see, hey, you know, this guy treats me right. He treats my mother right. He takes care of us. He understands, you know, what we need and and fills that fills that void. And I think when she was at that age, also, she didn't quite understand the void, right? Which is mm -hmm. for me, you know, I just, I didn't come in with the intention of, hey, I'm taking somebody's place. 
I said, I'm coming in here to be an example for her. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's really what kind of led me through the relationship with her. And I would say now that, you know, she's 13, I've watched her grow from five right up until 13. And obviously until the end of her life, that's my plan. Uh, maybe walk her down the aisle one day or whatnot, but, um, you know, it's just, it's been such an experience to watch her grow and watch her develop and build that bond and that relationship with me. Nobody could ever say that's not my daughter. Nobody could ever take her away from me. I'll catch a charge. It's not happening. But, um, you know, she she's my one and only daughter and she knows that. And no matter how many times, you know, we may get into tiffs or arguments and whatnot, that same difference of opinion that we always talk about, um, you know, she's she's my one pride and joy. And I I wouldn't change it for the world. Amazing. That's an amazing sentiment, amazing statement. And you know what? It's I don't have any sons, but what I do have is a beautiful budding 14-year-old girl who's strong in her convictions, stubborn and sarcastic as fuck. <laughs> and he, like he laughs talking about the same person. Pretty much. And he <laughs>, laughs because he's living the experience. Oh, yeah. But um, I also have my little one, Ariana, seven years old, gonna be eight actually in a couple of months. And she is the one who wrestles around with me, the one who plays with me, the one who loves watching sports with me. Yeah. Cassie used to, like, we're all still very, very big wrestling fans. That'll mm. never change. Mm. But Ariana is more sports-oriented and more energy, very high energy. And obviously it comes with, I mean, she's undiagnosed, but we're looking at getting her diagnosed. Probably think there's ADHD, which I want to take a stance on ADHD right now. Yeah, I have ADD. I have ADD. Mm. Okay. And Diagnosed? Uh, yes, diagnosed, but never was on pills. That's the one good thing that we didn't, my, do, we didn't do that growing up. No, that's the one good <laughs> thing my, my parents did do for me was not go on pills. Yeah. But I remember going to see therapists when I was younger and trying to work through some of my issues. Cause even as a kid, I was angry. Yeah. I was, I was on un, undiagnosed rage. And I found out through uh, therapy sessions as an adult, uh, a lot of it stems from a rough childhood. Don't get me wrong. My parents gave me a lot of things. They gave me a roof over my head. They gave me food in my stomach. They gave me clothes on my back, back. Yep. but emotionally they were both withdrawn yeah and when i actually found out that i was going to become a father so we had just gotten married we got married very young got married at uh, 23 and 24 mm -hmm. she was 23 i was 24 we were expecting our daughter uh a year into our relationship she was a new year's baby uh <laughs> she's born in october so new year's baby yeah do the clock yeah. do the math yeah. it's simple um uh, but uh when she told me that she was late uh and you know i i was typical corny 90s humor like late for what you got a doctor's appointment like it's 9 30 at night and then she's like no i'm late yeah, i was like oh that oh. late and i remember i had to go to work because i was working afternoons that time so we had our little afternoon delight if you will mm -hmm. and then she told me and then i um was driving to work and it was all just a blur and then i remember uh about six months into the pregnancy and jerry can attest to this because we were working at canada cards at the same time I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. <laughs> but it actually turned out... Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. But I, I actually turned out to be a very severe panic attack. Shit, I went to the hospital and monitored my heart. The doctor came in and was like, oh, you have something that we we call a uh, anxiety attack or a phantom heart attack. So I'm like, why don't you just stick with anxiety? Right, attack? Like, phantom, phantom heart, heart attack. Scare me to death against I have a real one. Why don't you? I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, put it this way. Put it if you're... And he talked like this. He had a squeaky voice like this. And he said to me, you can't take that seriously. No, you can't. It sounded like Elmo on crack. It was fucking hilarious. But he said to me, uh, I'm going to go back to my regular voice because doing this is not going to be comfortable. No, no, no. But he said to me that imagine your body being a computer. So the anxiety attack was almost like a reset. Mm. Everything shut down and rebooted. It was like hitting safe mode. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can get that. So I took a couple of days off from work. I reevaluated. 
And I was still nervous as fuck to be a dad. And then fast forward three and a half months later, because much like she is in real life, because Andrew was late to the party. Um, <laughs> we go to the hospital. I remember getting a call at work and I was covering for my boss. I remember getting a call at work and she's like, hey, I'm, I, I, I'm I think I'm having the baby. And I was like, shit, what do I do? And then she's like, well, I'm like, should I finish my shift? They're like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. I was scared shitless. And uh, my shift, bro. So, so it was actually, yeah, I, was outside, on the way. I was outside having a smoke and Jerry's like, why are you still here? And I'm like, this is how long I've known Jerry. I've known yeah. Jerry for like 16 years. Yeah. Uh, she's like, why are you still here? I'm like, you're right. I gotta go. I gotta go. So we go to the hospital and there's complications. Um, eventually I had to get an emergency C-section. Uh, but luckily she came out, she was beautiful. And then, uh, just in the whirlwind, my wife's like had to go for this serious operation. So I'm focused on her focused on the baby. And I look over my shoulder and the baby's not there. And I'm like, where the fuck's my kid? Heart attack number two. Well, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I go to the nurse. I'm like, where's my kid? And she's like, calm down, calm down. The doctor will be, nobody's talking. Nobody's talking. So I scream freaking out. in the middle of the operation. I'm like, I'm where's not, my kid? I'm like, I'm not leaving this operating room until I know where my fucking kid is. Then this jackass male nurse oh, here we go. comes over and he's like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, you, you need, need to, to calm down. <laughs> you need to fuck right off. And he's like, what did you say to me? I'm like, you need to fuck off. Somebody needs to tell me where my kid is. So before I know it, I at this point, this is where the rage comes in. Because when I got so angry back in the day, uh, everything would go dark. I yep. almost blacked out for a minute. And I woke up to the pediatrician coming in saying, Mr. McKay, Mr. McKay, please let him go. Let him go. Oh, shit. I looked over and I had this guy. And this is a true story. My wife can attest to this. Well, actually, she was doped up, so she really can't attest to this. <laughs> but I'm sure the, the wonderful hospital staff at William Olson oh, remember him, that shit. They remember me. No, I had this guy by the throat. And I was like choking the shit out of this motherfucker. And the pediatrician comes in. He goes, baby had a fever. Mom had a fever. We have her in NICU. We're just monitoring. So I just, I dropped him. Yeah, and then the wife put back on. I said, hey, that's all I wanted. You want an answer. I just wanted an answer. Simple. So... For the first four or five days of her life, she was in NICU, and luckily the fever went down. We were able to take her home, but the sombering part about that whole story is, is that there were babies that didn't go home. Yeah, There were babies that you knew where there was. I remember seeing this adorable little guy, creamy, must have been this big, yeah. and he had the tubes. And I just remember putting Cassie down on her thing and I lifted up the chain and the mom and dad looked at us because they're like, oh, they get to go home. Oh, and I said, you guys are going to get there one day too. And I said, I'll say this now. Stop telling your son to flirt. Stop stop your son from flirting with my daughter. <laughs> and I'm sure that little guy made it out okay uh, and everything like that. But it was scary. And then coming home, being a dad. But the coolest thing was the moment I held her in my arms for the yeah. first time. Yeah. And I, I always say this. A woman becomes a mother the minute she finds out she's pregnant. Right. A father becomes a father the minute he holds his baby for the first time. Yeah. I will say that. And it, it changes and it, everything. It changed everything. everything. Now I had a life that I was caring for. Like my wife and I are partners. So we're going to lean on each other through tough times. But you have this little life that you're responsible for. And yeah. even as they become an adult and they start their own families and they make their own decisions, it never changes. You don't yeah. waver from not wanting never. to have that. So I guess... For me is that uh, the, the stance on that was is that I became a father the first time I held my daughter for the very first time and then my second daughter because that went so much more smoother as a pregnancy yeah. uh I was able to do like the skin to skin and all, all that stuff and uh have her in the room and we watched actually we watched a Raptors game together Shit. and that's when that's they their first experience well right? that's when they sucked ass but they were just starting to bubble easy man we need sponsorships we do <laughs> I'm LSLE, please well hey listen the Raptors were in a rebuilding <laughs> stage for the first 20 years of their run. Let's just be honest but, with that. But they actually won that night. 
And I remember I looked over at her and I was like, oh, looks like you're a little good luck charm. And she was just pastel drool just coming down her face. <laughs> and it hasn't changed. But Ariana and Cassie are my lives. Yeah. And uh, they, do they drive me crazy? Absolutely. Am I wearing a hat for style purposes? No, I'm wearing a hat to cover the hair that I've lost on the top of my head. It's back cool. <laughs> but I got to ask this. Yeah. Jerry becoming a boy mom. Yes. And you becoming a girl dad just mm -hmm. at the start of your relationships. You hadn't even had your own children together. These are separate entities yep. that you're bringing together. Yep. What was that like for you guys? I mean, I think I already asked this question, but inheriting a daughter and her inheriting a son right off the bat must have been, did you, at some points, can I ask this at some right. points in your relationship, were you like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this before you found out Amari was coming. Were you like, is this, is this something I could see in the long haul? Like, is this someone I want to be a stepmom to my son as much as I want to be that father figure to her daughter? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Valid question because things like that go through people's minds all the time. Right? 100%. You, everyone always questions their abilities. And right? it's not until you actually step into the role and be a part of this person's life that you really understand who you are and the role that you play. For me, um, I'll say... I knew from the time I saw Jerry with Denver that this was somebody that I would love to be the mother of my children once upon a time because, well, at one point. Even knowing her eyebrows were real? Don't even go there. You're going to get me and you killed. Um, but We're going to get canceled, but not by anybody else, just by his <laughs> wife. <laughs> it was nice knowing you all. I probably won't see you after this week because I'll be dead. There'll be a GoFundMe go 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 for my <laughs> cremation. And I don't know. Are you are you going to casket? Yeah, I'm going to casket. Okay, so I casket. will be cremated and my ashes will be spread all over the Scottish Highlands. Oh, shit. Yeah, fucking right. No, we're going we're, we're dead. But um, <laughs> roll it and smoke it a little bit at least. Red man method, man, baby. Anybody want to smoke that ash? <laughs> Listen, how high was an underrated fucking flick, okay? How high was... You know, we're going to have to save that for another episode. We're going to have to get... Yeah, we'll have to save our review of how... You know what we should do? We should randomly, one episode, just take a night off from Fatherhood and just yeah. watch a just absolutely shitty-ass fucking movie. And review it, critique it. But it has to be like... We have to be drunk and hot. We can't, we can't do it sober. No, no, You no. can't watch Red Man and Meth Man cracking jokes sober. No. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. But anyways, back to what yeah, we were saying. Yeah, so, so back to what I was saying. I mean, I saw her. I saw how she was with her own daughter. Um, and I saw how protective of her she was and caring and nurturing of her. And this was all prior to, you know, us even really becoming that blended family. This was in the introductory stages. So I saw what she was doing as a mother by herself. Um, and I said to myself, that's a strong, independent woman, but somebody who could be a nurturing mother. And for me, that that was always an attraction piece. I think the first time I saw her, that was what I was like, shit, I'm like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, she's got a mini me. And I'm like, oh, and she's taking care of her. You know, and at that point, I had just had my son as well. Um, not in that relationship. But I said, if this works, I could see myself growing a family with her because she'll be the one that's going to give them that love and that care that they need. But also on the flip side, give them that same discipline and structure um, that I'm so accustomed to and that I want for my children as well. So the it was aspect. almost a no-brainer yeah. to say, hey, you know what? Like, this is going to work. And don't get me wrong. It's not all peaches and rainbows and ice cream and all that good shit. We have our arguments. We have our struggles. We have our wars. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we've brought four beautiful children into this world. They look up to us and we have to set prime examples for them. And we're not, never would we put our children through, I guess, anything that would 
I would say mentally scar or whatnot um, that I'm growing up, we, we, we always put them first. So if we've got an argument and disagreement about whatever, whether it's regarding the children or not regarding the children, we take it outside or we take it away from them because we know we've got to raise these children. We've got all types of outside influences that can make shit terrible for them. And we can't contribute to that. So, I mean, I think for our relationship, knowing that we're both kind of on that same page, it helps us get through things much better than most would. Right. So I'll say, you know, that, that whole blended family aspect thing, you know, once we kind of brought the kids together um, and had them all in the same room or the two of them in the same room and ourselves, we started doing things as a family. You would never know from the outside looking at us that we were a blended family because it was just how we interacted with each other, the love that we had for one another and whatnot. You know, and I think that comes from both of our backgrounds and how we grew up. We, we brought a little bit of everything into it. And we, we walked around with two children that people would never know came from two different families and made it work. Absolutely did make it work. I, I, I've, I've actually been on some of those outings and it's great. It's a great experience. I mean, the, the zoo. It's driving me crazy. The, the zoo was was... Uh, I, Let's not I, talk about the zoo. No, it was. We have to talk about the zoo because I gotta say this: we all went to the zoo in the summer, and you would think a lot of these guys and gals would be out and about. Nah. A lot of the exhibits and Toronto Zoo. This is not a shot, but get your animals outside, oh, stretching their legs. Like everybody was sleeping, and I get it. If there was anybody even there. There was Half one. of them weren't there. That's right. That's Half right. of them weren't even in the exhibit. So yeah. we walked around what did the we entire have? zoo. We, we, we saw, saw lions. We saw lions sleeping. We saw gorillas. Yeah. We saw a hippo, but I think we saw the hippo's ass. Yeah. Because his head was in the in water. water. I think we saw a giraffe. We saw a warthog. We, do, we did see. We saw a couple of warthogs. We never saw any red pandas. No, no red pandas. Because it was too hot for them. And the rest of them. Oh, well, too- we, well, when we saw the typical farm animals, we saw your goats and your, but fuck, I could see those at, I could see those at a farm. farm right. Yeah. I, I, I come the to the zoo because I want to, yeah, we saw a half of a polar bear because the poor guy was so <laughs> fucking hot. He, like, he was, he was so submerged. big yeah. that he, his nose was still sticking out and you could tell he was pissed because yeah. he generally wasn't getting cool enough. So <laughs> Toronto Zoo, step up your game. Yeah. Uh, but on the plus side, we did get some free samples on the way. We got that cleaning stuff. I, and still, it was good. I still got it. Yeah, I we took like 18 cases. I right. loaded up the car. The girl's like, take as much as you want. Uh, thanks, take the whole thing. Why the hell people in this economy free shit yeah. is here, okay? Yeah, everybody grab a box. Let's go. Everybody grab a box. Even his three-year-old <laughs> thought had a little box. <laughs> So let's, let's let's actually talk about personalities amongst the kids. We both oh, talked about our teenagers yeah. and how they are, you know, 13 and 14 respectively going on 40. And these girls have been in each other's lives since yeah, the day they were born. Yeah. Like we had Cassie and then Jerry had Denver a year later, uh, less than a year later, actually. Yeah. I believe they're only like 10 months it's apart. Right. Give or take, it's not even a full year. Yeah. So, and then obviously there's Elijah and he's fantastic. He's a little pain in the ass, though. I will be honest with him. Like his birthday, ass. he's got a little attitude problem. And, and you know what? That's a good thing. Jerry and Derek, they enjoy allowing their friends who have become uncles to the children to discipline the children. So uh, a lot of time, Elijah, uh, I would like to think that Elijah probably won't have children because of me. Because I've yanked the wedgies. I've yanked those diggery dudes off. The only one. Yeah. My brother does well, it too. It's almost like he likes it. Yeah, I think I think he likes causing <laughs> shit to get it, right? And I, your brother is another brother solid, is solid dude. individual. He's great. Yeah. He's awesome. Awesome yeah. human being. Your parents, I love your parents. Yeah. Um, and then Jerry's parents are also, well, Jerry's mom and her stepdad. Yeah. Uh great, great all-around support system yeah. that you guys have there. But I mean, and then you've got uh you've got Amari, yeah. who is much like Ariana. 
And I feel like this is the bouncing ball, the bouncing ball, but also very over emotional. Yes. And yes, Ariana being see, Ariana's got a double edged sword. She's got second child syndrome, Mm -hmm. but she's also the baby in the family. Yeah. So we Amari's the same. same. But Amari. So Amari is middle child. I guess if you want to put Elijah and Amari in that same bracket and then you have Denver as the oldest and you have Zion as the baby boy. Well, he's not really bringing up the rear because if you looked at Zion, you would think he was older than Amari. Yeah. Amari, yeah. Amari, and Amari Zion's was, brute. He's just brolic. Well, as my size, as my friend Rob would say, when it comes to wrestlers that are big boys like that, he's a dense. Yeah, he's got very, density. Very dense. You pick him up and you pick up Amari. You're like, which one of you two's been eating all the food? You but, know it. But know. Amari is um, Amari was had some difficulties, right? His yeah, family, he had some yeah, issues with food, right? That was tough. You know, he was he was born with a condition called pyloric stenosis. So, for the first 27 days of his life. He could not digest any food. And I remember, I have this, this memory, vivid memory from the hospital. And, you know, we wouldn't have thought anything different of it, maybe other than the fact that I was lifting him up after he had eaten. But, you know, for those of you who know me, I come from African descent. So uh, my family is from Ghana, West Africa. And a movie that's always resonated with me has been Lion King. So if you remember the opening scene where Simba is being introduced, I decided it would be a good idea to do that to my uh, brand new baby boy. Uh, unbeknownst to me, he uh, had this condition and had just finished feeding. And guess what? I ate him all full of his uh, undigested formula. So that was the beginning of it, <laughs> and uh, it didn't it didn't end there. You know, we went seeing doctors. Mm, here, it's still there, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to relive that moment. But you know, it, that that was kind of okay. Yeah, it's normal. There's no issues with it. But you know, as time progressed, we're talking days, weeks. You know, where he would feed and automatically projectile vomit. I'm talking within minutes. Like the exorcist. Yeah. Like just all, profuse. All over. And the whole the whole feeding was out. Um, and we had no idea what it was. We thought it could have been, you know, lactose intolerant intolerance. So we took him to a doctor. They said, okay, try soy. Try the soy. Same thing. Try this. Try that. Try this. Try that. Nobody in their right mind, no doctor could seem to figure it out. And one day we just said, fuck it. Enough's enough. We're going to sick kids. So this is... 26 days of his life now, you know, hasn't been able to hold anything down. He's lost weight at this point, you know, being a newborn. That, that Those first couple of weeks are the most critical it's moments key. of time yeah, it's key. to start your growth. And, um, you know, he's getting no nutrients. He's getting nothing. And we said enough's enough. Took him down to sunny, uh, sorry, sick kids. And uh, we're sitting in the waiting room and uh, lo and behold, we feed him and boom, he puts on a show for everybody in the, in the waiting room. And the nurse is just like, oh, shit, we got a real fucking problem here. That's not normal. So finally, we get the attention we need. They start doing x-rays and whatnot and, you know, the poking and the prodding and come back and say, yeah, you know what? We need to operate. Um, so essentially, for those who don't know, pyloric stenosis is a tightening of the muscle right before the stomach. And his was pretty much clamped shut where it should be, you know, about a, a loony size to be able to let food through and and digest properly. So because he wasn't able to get it into his stomach, it was forced right back out. So they told us, hey, we're going to have to operate on him. And um, it definitely was a scary, scary, definitely a scary moment to know that my 27-day-old infant needed to have an operation performed on him. And it wasn't wasn't easy. Um, You know, they told us that we stayed at the hospital overnight. So that he'd be going under the knife the next day. Um, and uh, that moment came. And I think 
you know, that was probably one of the most crippling moments I've had as a parent. Um, and what did you like? Sorry to interrupt, but what did yeah. you feel? Did you feel helpless? You felt you felt like because helpless. you couldn't you couldn't absolutely help him. Yeah. I couldn't help him. I couldn't, yeah. There was nothing I could do for him. And I just said, this no, no one month old baby should have to go through this. And I know people go through way, way, way worse. But you know, for me, you know, this is my third child, and not one of them has had to go through anything like this. So for me, it's I'm I have no words, nothing. I can't I can't describe the feeling that I felt. Everything in me just sunk and shut down. And the only thing I could hope for was that he would get in and get out and be okay. How long was the operation? Look, if I remember, you know how you said you black out when, when you get in a rage? Yeah. I went dizzy to the point I don't remember how much time had elapsed. Like it was that. So bad. when did you when did you feel yourself snap out of it? Was when you when we got word when we got word that everything was good. Through. He came out. It 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 would have had to have been a couple of hours, but he came out. They brought him out, saw him. He looked fine, and then we just said, "Okay, here we go. Let's give it a shot." They kept us overnight. You know, I said, "Try and feed him. Let's see if he keeps it down." I um, mean, he did. And you know, at that point, I told myself, "You know, this kid of mine is going to be a warrior." And that is exactly what the fuck this little kid has become. A goddamn warrior. So, um, you know, it's, that's one, that's a moment I, uh, you know, as as bad as a, an experience as it was, I think it kind of helped me understand the type of kid he was going to be growing up. And and you know what? It's fitting. He, he's gonna, he's gonna, He's been a fighter. He'll always be a fighter. And, and that's how I see him. Whenever I see him. No matter what he puts his mind to, headstrong, physical strong, he does nothing could stop him. That's what he's going to be. Nothing will stop him. The world, world, wait for Amari. He's coming for you. I love that. I love that. And then you look at Zion, <laughs> who is uh, everything that Amari didn't eat for the first twenty-seven days of his life. Um, uh, Zion picked ate. right up. He ate all of it. He ate all of it and some. We talked. We talked about density. We're talking like this kid. He is three. He comes up to my waist. And I'm not a short guy by any standpoint. He comes up to my waist. Oh. He's a big boy. But he also has the most malicious smile. And you know he's getting Devious. into some You know he's getting into some, some shit. shit. Yep. And all and, the time. And he bullies the shit out of Amari. And sometimes Elijah. And I, I believe that too. He's I believe a, that too. He just likes to ragdoll everybody. He's a big fucking brute kid. He does not care how big you are. Nothing scares him. Not a damn thing. So NFL. Keep your ears to the grind. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Yeah. Look out for him. Zion's who's who. He's coming. It's coming for you guys, man. He's coming. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned about the, the helplessness because we had somewhat of a situation to scare with Cassandra when she was younger. When she was younger, she developed a really bad croup. Ooh. And I don't know if anybody knows who's ever been out there who's been through a croup. It is a crippling uh, thing. It's like their airways shut. They have a cough that sounds like a seal. They can barely breathe. So the first yeah. time, now we've been through croup, so we know the signals. You you turn on the hot water in the bathroom. You let the steam in. If it's cold outside, it's even better. You roll the windows down. You drive around with them in the car. The That's cold the opens see. up the airwaves. But we didn't know what it was. So at one point, she was turning purple. And we rushed her to the hospital. And uh, Brampton, to you know their unfortunate task, they are overwhelmed mm -hmm. here at the Brampton hospitals. Uh, for the simple fact, there's a lot of people that don't realize that a hospital is for emergencies only, mm. not for a cough and a cold. And uh, a lot of times they're overrun with the simplest of things. Yep. But luckily enough, uh, there was a nurse, uh, a male nurse actually at the counter. We were waiting to get... We were, we were waiting in the triage. 
Well, no, this was a different nurse. I think that that nurse was off that day, or maybe transferred <laughs> hospitals. Why you gotta go there? Why you gotta bring yeah, it up? Hey, man, I'm just saying. Bring I'm it just up. Saying. That was so thirty minutes ago. <laughs> man. But we, um, like, he saw her coughing and he saw her like turning blue, and he had just let in a elderly person with a flu. So I bit my tongue on that one. I was like, okay, but then I saw a, a, a well-to-do young man who was dramatically healthy that came in that was sniffling and coughing mm. and he let him in and I walked over and I said, does my daughter have to collapse on the floor yep. before you see her? And mm. they looked over, he saw her literally turning Captain purple and Bear. blue. They rushed her in. We got a room. They actually pulled the guy out of his room and put her in the room. So we're in there with the room. They tell us that they're going to check us in. And they gave us at the time. Now it's a liquid shot. It almost looks like a little, like a clear shot. Okay. And you just drink it and it does, it numbs everything. It calms everything right down. But before it used to be a mask with gas yeah. and it used to be like a smoking kind of mask. So here's this three-year-old. It's literally three in the morning. We've been at the hospital now for four hours and they tell her she's got to put this mask on. She is free. Not having it. And so she's crying, but she can't cry because she can't get anything really? out. So luckily enough, they were able to not so much sedate her, but my wife held her. I calmed her down. I sang her the song that you sing to her as a baby. And I don't have a singing voice, but it's My yeah. my Eyes Adore You by the Four Seasons. Check it nice. out. It's a great tune. Great tune. Love. And, and um, she eventually drifted off to sleep. She got everything in. They checked her into the room. Mom stayed with her in the room. I went home to pack her favorite stuffed animals, get her toys, get three hours of sleep, then come, come back. back. And uh, luckily enough, she was okay. And then we went back for croup a couple times, and then we were able to kind of get a refill on the prescription. Till thankfully, she eventually grew out of it. Croup is almost like early stages of asthma, if you will, yeah. but it's not asthma. Yeah. So, luckily enough, she was able to grow out of it, and now you can't keep the mouth shut. <sighs> it's it's frustrating, but you know what? I will say this, and I think we'll we'll wrap up after this. But I think this was a great first episode. We talked a lot about our early days of fatherhood. And the next couple of episodes, we're going to peel back the onion even more. There's going to yeah. be some laughs. There's going to be some Surprise. emotional moments. There surprised. absolutely will be. We're going to get into our histories as kids growing up and stuff like that. And you know what? Anybody that likes what we're doing here, please like, subscribe. It'll be on the Hello. Straight Talk Wrestling uh, channel, promoting it on Straight Talk and our own socials. We talked about that beforehand. Derek's got to get more socially media inclined. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I'm not a social media guru. But well, I'm now, there. now we're, we're we're I'm I'm a pseudo celebrity in my own <laughs> mind, and you are now becoming a pseudo celebrity. But this I will is I, my 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 intro to fame. I will say this: fatherhood is not easy and nope. i think i think we'll end these we'll end every episode off with an inspirational quote from one of us i'll do this yeah, one you do, do the next, next one. one fatherhood is not easy manhood is not easy a lot of the time we're told to think and feel a certain way because we can't break down walls we can't break down emotion we can't be honest with ourselves we can't look in the mirror and say i'm not okay yeah. even though men's mental health is very open yeah. i've had my struggles i'll be honest right now listen i'll let everybody know who may not know two years ago i was suicidal I was ready to close my eyes, go to sleep forever, leave everything behind. And what a grave mistake I would have been for me because I would have missed out on my children. And that's something I think about every day. And I think about how, how, how dark in a dark place I was, but I rose above it and I got the help that I needed. But being a father is not easy. No. Being a man in this world nowadays is not easy. But the one thing that does keep me centered is my family. My kids know the struggles that I've had. I'm very open and honest with them and the challenges that I faced mm -hmm. as a human being mm -hmm. and they're opening. And I have a, a, a great wife who, like I said, we're not peaches and cream either. We have a great relationship, but 10 years ago, she was ready to leave me. 
because I was so angry. Mm -hmm. And I needed to make the realization on my own to get the help that I got. And am I perfect now? No. Am I broken with a little bit of plaster? Hell yeah. That's okay. And I'm okay with that. Because the scars taught me how to be alone, but also taught me that I need to lean on someone. And without her, I'd be dead. My, I, I always tell us everybody, she saved my life and she gave me two great blessings and that stupid little pain in his dog. But that's <laughs> the, I, I have beef with the dog. We'll get into that in another yeah, episode. episode. But understand that you are not alone. There is help for you. Message us, slide into our DMs. That's we'll cool. do what we can. We're not psychiatrists, but we've both been down some dark shit in our lives. Mm-hmm. So from father to father to fathers, thank you so much for tuning in for episode one. Check us out every Monday, Tuesday, depending on schedules, but we're going to try to drop one weekly or every or bi-weekly. We'll see how things go. But peace, love, and fatherhood. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. We just people from the north side. Once the Timmy's hit the shore fine. Winter ready on the full ties. Heavy traffic.